I was looking at YouTube, and Africa by Toto has 750 million views. And Take On Me by AHA has 1.4 billion views. And these are just random 80s songs. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. And also, be very afraid, because I'm going to do some singing. Some guy wrote an article called, Is Old Music Killing New Music? And the Slate Culture Gab Fest podcast is talking about it. So old music now takes up 70% of all music purchases. And the sales of new music is decreasing. And so the top 200 new songs, um, they currently make up 5% of what people listen to. And three years ago, they made up 10%, so cut in half. And apparently, when you go to iTunes to look at the most purchased songs, it's filled with stuff from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. What about the 90s? See, I was a... What was I? I was a teenager, mostly in the 80s, and then I was in my early 20s in the 90s. You know, the music that you like kind of gets set when you're young. So, and I think it's pretty young. So, you know, like when you're 12, you'll, you'll never love a song ever again as much as you loved whatever your favorite song was when you were 12. I used to love Ghostbusters. Like when I was a kid, I didn't have no way of playing music. I didn't own any music. But if Ghostbusters would come on the radio, me and my friends would like run inside or run wherever the radio was and just go stand next to the radio and listen to Ghostbusters. And while it is true that old music is what's selling so good, it's not just any old music, it's the hits. It's not that The Police album that no one ever heard of, it's Every Breath You Take. And apparently not that crappy Puff Diddy song that cut, that, that uh, sampled that when Biggie Smalls died. Although, you know what? That song is terrible, but I'd probably take that over any rap song that came out in the last five years. At least I get to hum along with the police in between the terrible rapping. So, the Culture Gab Fest, it always has like some 40-year-old women on a panel. It's like a panel show. And I know in a previous episode, some mom was talking about her 12-year-old daughter who was really loved... Uh, Africa by Toto from the, I think from about 84. I hear the drums echoing tonight. Something, 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 something conversation. I know that I must do what's right. As sure as Kilimanjaro, something, something Serengeti. I seek to cure what's deep inside. Frightened of the thing that da 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 blah, 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 blah. It's gonna take a lot to drag me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. I bless the rains down in Africa. I cannot sing that song, but I think nowadays you should not be talking about Africa, drums, wild dogs, Kilimanjaro, the Serengeti. And if you're white, you definitely should not be blessing the rains down in Africa. And then this other lady is talking about how her daughter is obsessed with Free Fallen by Tom Petty. And what's funny about that is that Free Fallen, I think that came out when I was a sophomore in high school. And that was the last year that I got my music from um, MTV before I thought it was too cool. 
and I absolutely loved watching the video for Free Fawn. I probably watched that sucker 50 times. And, you know, would have watched it more, but you had to wait. Do you remember Free Fawn by Tom Petty? Rest in peace. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus, and America too. Just those opening lines are problematic three times over. Obviously, loving America is racist. Loving Jesus means you're Islamophobic. And your mama, she might have come from a time in the past when America was great. And people want to might want to make America like that again. And so these 12-year-olds loving 80s music made me think of something terrible. Like you could be dating a single mom who has a 12-year-old daughter. You're at the single mom's house. Let's call her Karen. So you're over at Karen's house. You take a shower for whatever reason. You wrap a towel around yourself. And you hear 80s music coming from Karen's bedroom. So you run into Karen's bedroom to join her waving your towel around like a helicopter, and then, oh my God, you're going to prison. So the mom here is kind of blaming, blaming the algorithm. Like, I don't know how Spotify works exactly, but even though I was an early adopter, I, I had a account with Spotify before other Americans couldn't have it. But in any case, you know, in her household, and she and her daughter are listening to whatever when they're, uh, I guess all the little birds are coming to rest on their shoulders as they clean the house like in Snow White. Oh wait, that's racist. Anyways, when they're listening to some Tom Petty, Spotify doesn't give them stuff from different eras. It gives them more stuff from the old days. Like supposedly there might be some new group that's just like Tom Petty, but uh, Spotify doesn't play it. I mean, I seriously doubt that. We'll talk about why new music almost mathematically has to end up sucking more. But maybe, maybe there's a ton of groups just as good as Tom Petty out there, but I doubt it. So a different lady, she has a theory on why people are listening to old music, including kids listening to old music. I think it's actually the opposite of the truth, but it's interesting. Like there's this thing, I don't know, is it really, I don't know if it really has a name, maybe it's called the cell phone dilemma. But like, you know, if you're making a, uh, I don't know, a horror movie, it's hard to keep the story straight if people have cell phones. Like, just imagine the early Friday the 13th movies. They're basically, there's a summer camp where a guy is going around and killing the campers whenever they have sex. And this is like from the 80s. But, you know, if they had had cell phones back then, they just would have called 911. The cops would have been there right away. You know, maybe the killer kills one person and then he's caught. And so this lady is saying that, like, a lot of TV shows and movies um, are setting themselves in the past so they don't have to worry about the internet and cell phones making it difficult to write their story. And then, you know, if your movie takes place in the 80s, what kind of music are you going to play? The 80s music. And then I guess people hear the music in the movie, and then they go look it up, and... I think I was wrong when I said she... She might be right. She might be right, in a way. Actually, the more I think about it, I don't know if this is... I don't... You know, I think this is not actually how kids are all getting turned on to old music. But it actually is how I learn about music. Like I watch a TV show, or I see a commercial, and then I go, I'm like, oh, that song sounds good, and I go look it up. And you know what? Almost every time, it's like, it's a, it's an old song. It's you know, it's an obscure old song. Like that, that's how you uh, get into the obscure ones. Like I know I learned about uh, 
The Clash's Hey Ho from a commercial. That's a good song, and it's old. I guess here's the problem with that theory. I think movies and commercials, etc., are turning people on to old music. But it's not just because of the cell phone dilemma. I mean, commercials take place today. They want you to, they'd be like, I want you to buy an iPhone, and then they'll play you a song from 1984. And there's just kind of like certain songs that have been kind become like shorthand. Like one I think of is a Kickstart Your Heart by Motley Crue. I mean, I remember that song when it was new. But it just has kind of a high energy, you know, aggressive guitar thing going on. And uh, if you got some movie, you know, where like, whatever, if someone's jumping out in an airplane, boom, you just play Kickstart My Heart. Or if they're doing any other like adrenaline junkie type thing, you just play Kickstart My Heart. Okay, so this lady, she's starting to throw around the word white quite a bit. I mean, it was inevitable. But she's also kind of right. Well, it's not the whiteness, but... Like, you know, why do we have so many comic book movies? That's because the talented kids who grew up to be, uh, you know, directors and screenwriters, they read comic books as kids. And now, you know, people like 35 to 50, that's the most talented age as far as uh, making media goes, or at least commercials and movies, that group of people, you know, grew up listening to, for instance, 80s music. And so, you know... You're gonna, you can't put it in a song you don't know. Plus, that music is the best, and so they do put it into their movies and TV shows, etc. And then, yes, those people are white. I mean, they're trying to change it now. I feel like there's a lot of bad shows out there where they hire the writers. I mean, you know, make the actors all Asian. Perfect. I love it. But the writers, they have to be talented at writing. You can't just... You can't just grab and say, ah, make them all Asian. Oh, wait, the story ain't no good. What's the point? I think there's a bunch of bad shows where they've used diversity to select the writers. And I don't know what kind of music they're playing in those shows, because those shows are terrible, and I don't watch terrible shows. So she brings up something. I guess new music is overproduced. I've heard that before. I understood it at one point. I can't remember what that means. But I think it's kind of like it ends up all sounding the same. And I guess what? You hear it the first time, you're like, oh, that sounds good. And then if you never hear the song again, you don't care. Like, it doesn't have staying power. And apparently this also happens on headphones. Uh, apparently older music sounds good on headphones, whereas new music does not. So there you go, dear listener. I guess that'll be, that's what I'd like you to do. If you listen to old and new music on headphones, double check. See if uh, the old music just sounds better, just the, you know... A guitar versus whatever the hell they do on a computer today. See if it sounds better. Another good example, data point they bring up, is the TV show Friends. Like, I think it's on Hulu or something now. I was never a big Friends person. But anyways, I think that was like the number one show on Netflix for like years and years. And I think that movie, or movie, that TV show included a lot of schlocky 90s music. Of course, now that's classic rock. Or, yeah, pretty much. That makes me think of the show that I'm watching this year that I'm enjoying. I can't recommend it to people, but I just like it. It's called Peacemaker, and it has a very prominent soundtrack. And what it is, is it's it's a bunch of... It's new music. It's brand new music, I guess, or new to me. You know, whatever, last five, ten years. And it's all music music that sounds exactly the same as like late 80s hair band music, which is which was my favorite. My favorite music, you know, the time, you know, when I was, I don't know what, 
13 to 17, I listened to hair band music, like Motley Crue and Def Leppard, Skid Row, Warrant, I could go on. And it's interesting to, to watch Peacemaker, because I'm like, every song they play, I'm like, oh, that's a song that I should know. Like, I didn't, I didn't originally realize these are all new ones. I thought they were getting hair band music from the 80s and just ones that I hadn't heard of. But no, it's just people are reproducing, you know. I should go look up what they, I should go watch a video of one of these people and see if they like have big hair now. I think that stuff might be back. If it is, that's awesome. And I hope every bandmate is Asian. All right, so this is the majority of it, I think. Uh, obviously it's the internet. Let's use movies as an example, but uh, it applies to music too. But so now, anyone can watch any movie they want, anytime they want. And I would say, you know, over the decades, about uh, maybe 10 good movies come out a year, you know, ones that hold up. And this ain't old movies. I don't like old, it depends if you like old movies. Some people, some people just watch nothing but old movies. But I would say, for me, movies started getting good maybe, in, let's just say 1980 to be safe. So you got 10 good movies from 1980, 10 good movies from 1981, you got 100, 100 good movies from the 80s, you got 100 good movies from the 90s, etc. That means from like 1980 to 2010, you got 300 good movies. So now you're like, okay, honey, let's watch a movie tonight. And you go look for a good movie, you know, a recent movie. I mean, I don't know. I, I like Don't Look Up. I don't know. I think I liked about three movies this past year. So you got a three in 300 chance that you're going to want to watch like a real new movie versus one of the great old movies. And this is going to apply to music much, much more. People like to re-listen to music way more than watch movies. And then the second thing is, is just the new stuff is not as good. The reason why is like, like Netflix, right? I don't know how many TV shows they make. You know, how many movies and TV shows does Netflix make a year? Uh, I think every week they got a couple movies and a couple TV shows coming out. So, you know, that's like 200 new movies and TV shows every year by Netflix. And, you know, who knew? But it turns out if you just make too many things... You can't keep the uh, quality high. And I left out like the 2010 to 2020 decade of movies. And basically, that's just the Marvel movies, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies like Iron Man and Thor. And those are good movies, but basically that's a lost decade. The only thing that came out of that was some Marvel movies and, uh, I don't know, Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 and Moamba, whatever that, Moana from the Disney cartoons. That's all good thoughts, uh, but let's get a little anti-woke about this. Let's bring in uh, some race and gender. But so Google has a thing, like if you if you type in um, greatest bands of all time, um, you know, it'll provide a whole, it'll, it'll give you a picture and a name of a whole bunch of bands, right? And you can kind of slide through it, you can, whatever. You don't have to leave the page, you can just slide, scroll through a bunch of bands. And I haven't looked. I haven't looked at this recently to see if they've, whatever, modified it to be, whatever. Because white people are racist automatically. Like they did that with the inventors. You look up American inventors, and it's a bunch of black people you never heard of. But in any case, the last time I looked up the greatest bands of all time on Google, it was almost all white male bands from Britain. You know, like the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, I mean, you know, the Police, the Peshma, the Cure, it goes on and on. But especially in the 60s and 70s. 
And then after that, you had white male bands from America, like Creedence Clearwater Revival, Revival and Crosby, Stills and Nash, um, Fleetwood Mac, you know, and then to, into the 80s, you got, I don't know, Van Halen and the Cars. And kind of the way I look at like a music, a musician or a music group, like are they good is, can they make a best of album? Like do they have 12 songs that are just rock solid hits that everyone's gonna love? And you know, so those, these are the groups that can, can, can come up with 12 songs like that. A lot of people can't. And like the only classic rock black musician that I think of that can do that is, um, Bob Marley, like, you know, I listened to the Jimi Hendrix best of a bunch of times. It is not good. And then, I don't you know, like Janis Joplin, she's terrible. Um, you know, you go to the 80s, Madonna. Madonna can fill a best of, like, nobody's business, but there really isn't that many women involved in any of this either. We have some since then, like Taylor Swift. I mean, I don't listen to her a bunch, but I believe she can fill a 12-track uh, best of easily. And then you go into, like, the 90s, like, you know some rap first off the 90s rock is not that good not nearly as good as the stuff before it it's more like one hit wonder stuff or maybe five hit wonders but not 12 hit wonders and then like you know i like eminem you know, unfortunately for rap fans eminem is the best he can come up with 12 songs tupac i mean depends on how big a fan of tupac you are but if you're just kind of a casual tupac fan like me i would say tupac Maybe. He could maybe come up with 12 songs that I have heard of and love. Now, Dr. Dre, he could probably do it. Um, Snoop Dogg, just that one album, Doggy Style, to me, is nothing but <laughs> cuts. But anyways, ever since rock kind of got crappy in the 90s, and then, you know, like hip-hop took, you know, then you had some good rap for a little while, and then hip-hop took over, there just isn't anyone who's making music that can stand the test of time. And so I'm anti-woke, but right, this isn't, I don't know if it's women's fault. Women may just be po worse at making music. That's probably true. Sue me if you want. Um, but obviously black people are known for being great at music. So why don't black people have very much good music, really? I mean, like I was mentioning Puff Daddy, a lot of the biggest hits by black people is just they take a classic rock riff or something and then add some rap to it. And then... 20 years later, it's like, oh, do you want to hear the whole song that goes around that great riff? Or do you want to hear that riff just here and there while someone does some bad rapping along with it? And the answer is people just go back to the original song. But anyways, here's what wasn't fair, is that uh, it looks like the most important thing was to be, you know, born in, Brit born in Britain and I guess right around the end of World War II and then be hooked into the British music scene in the 60s. And then, you know, you had a good chance. Join a band right then, and you had a good chance of going down in history as being one of the, you know, whatever, just one of the greatest musicians or music groups ever. And so obviously, uh, black people didn't get a chance to do that. I, probably women. I Yeah, probably not women either. I bet they didn't let, you know... If a woman went up to the Beatles and said, hey, I want to join, they probably, uh, they probably like, hey, go get on your back and then never talk to her again. And so what part of this comes down to, or a lot of this comes down to, is that music is like a form of mathematics. 
and the best uh, hooks, guitar riffs, etc., are the simplest ones. And whoever gets there first, they just they just grab all the simplest ones. Oh, Led Zeppelin, that is the classic example. Like the singer is terrible, but they just got there at the right time and they grabbed all the simple guitar riffs. Like immigrant song, right? The guitar riff is da 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 da. I mean, that's all it is. Anyone could think of that if they've been in the right place at the right time, and then they'd have a song that goes down in history. That's another song that they play when you jump out of an airplane. Or, you know, like Black Sabbath and Iron Man, where it goes, dun 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 Basically, you have to get in there early and often to grab hooks like that. Anyways, the the hooks are almost all used up. I mean, every once in a while I hear a new song, and... Like, oh, that's that, you know, that hook could stand up to the old school hooks. But those old school bands, they got, you know, 10 albums of nothing but great hooks. And then you got some one hit wonder from today who has one good hook, and that's the only one they could ever come up with. And then there's even like some more fundamental hooks before uh, the rockers of the 60s came about. And that's like classical music. Like, for instance, uh, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, it's the one that goes dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun. Like, basically, anyone could think of that. A child could think of that. Except you'd have to beat Beethoven, and he did it, like, 300 years ago. And what's funny about that song is it came back and was a hit, and I think about 1980, the John Travolta movie Saturday Night Fever came out, and they created an album to go with the movie. And one of the songs on there is they just took Beethoven's Fifth and gave it a disco beat. And I think they released it as a single and it was a big hit. And basically any song that went along with uh, Staying Alive, it was going to be a big hit. You can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man, no time to talk. And it's alright, you, uh, you can't look the other way. Everybody's breaking and everybody's shaking and you're staying alive, staying alive. Ha, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Ha, 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 Twitter handle at Religion of Woke, and thanks for listening.